Many years ago, Julie and I determined that we would give away 10% of our income. We've done it so many years now, it's almost become a habit, a regular part of what we do, almost unconsciously without thinking. Except there are those moments when I wonder if we shouldn't hold back a little bit. You know, there's that really nice looking suit that I wanted and I could hold a little bit of that gift back here and maybe a little bit over here and, well, I don't think we're alone. My friend Adam uh, tells a story about Peter Marshall, the time that he was the chaplain to the United States Senate. One of the persons who was under his care came to see him. He said, Pastor Marshall, I, I have a concern. All my life, I've been a tither, a giver, a, a, somebody who gives 10% to my church, but I've discovered that now that I'm making more, it's more difficult to give that much money. He said, I'm making $500,000 a year now, and that $50,000 gift is just too large. Can, can you help me? The pastor said, I, I might be able to. I don't really have any advice, but perhaps we could pray about it. The man said, sure, please, let, let's do. And Peter began in a very strong voice. Gracious God, please help this man's salary be reduced <laughs> so that he can tithe again. Just, just a word there, be careful about coming to see your pastor, just so you know. You never quite know what the conclusion will be. I love what Adam said to me after he told me that, told me that story. Our thinking seems to change the more our income grows. That's what the story that Jesus told was about. It's as though the more we get, the more we want, and there's never quite enough. But there was advice this morning in the final line of the anthem that we just heard. O Lord, in Thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. O Lord, in Thee have I trusted. One of the simplest yet most faithful acts of being a follower of Christ is to trust, to trust in God, to trust in the ways and the teachings of Jesus. In fact, I would suggest to you today that you take your bulletin home. Don't recycle it. Don't put it in the trash as you walk out. Never put it in the trash. Always recycle. But today, take it home with you. Take those words and cut them out and underline them. Put them on your, on your refrigerator. Stick them on your bathroom mirror. Maybe type them into your computer and post them on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever it is that works for you. See them every day. Oh Lord, I have trusted in Thee. In that simple act of trust, I'm certain you'll discover a, a spirit of gratitude, of thanksgiving, where every breath in is a breath of the presence of God and every breath out is the release of anxiety and fear, worry and anguish. The simplest act of Christian faith is to trust God. The man in the story that we heard this morning from Jesus is the opposite of this truth. He trusts in no one but himself. He trusts in no one, no one but the man he sees in the mirror. And in fact, did you notice in the story, he talks to himself all the way through. He even talks to his soul. I'm not quite sure how we do that, but he does it in this story. In fact, I counted it up. The words I and my appear 11 times in just three verses. He worships a holy trinity named me, myself, and I. That's the only thing he cares about is himself. 100% of his anxiety, 100% of his concern is focused on himself. He stores up as much as he can. 
he's never quite got enough. And so he builds bigger and larger barns for more and more and more. And then, suddenly, tragically, his life is over. But look at the story. Was he a bad person? No. Was he an evil person? No, of course not. He's successful and well-established. He's got it all, but it's not enough. It's not enough. And when his life is over, what does God call him? It's an ugly, horrible name. Fool. Fool. Now, let's be clear. Does, does God dislike people who save money? No, 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 not at all. This story is a tale, a parable about priorities, about what matters the most in this life. Two chapters before, Jesus has a conversation with a man who says to him, Lord, tell me, what do I need to do to have life, to be fully alive? And Jesus says, there are just two things. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Do these things and you'll have life, life abundant, rich with possibility. Do them, do them now. And you won't even have a second thought about eternity because you'll already be living in the presence of God's eternal and gracious love. It's enough. There was a preacher I know who was in Ethiopia. The preacher was overwhelmed by the, what he called the grinding poverty that just ground people down. But a holy man that he encountered said to him, I understand how you feel and what you see, but we know this. In the West, you Westerners, you count your wealth by your possessions. Here, we measure our wealth by our friendships, and it's enough. That instruction is so simple. It's so clear. At, at the end of our days, no one, really no one, will remember the things that you had, but they'll know, and they'll be surrounded by the love that you give. That gift is enough. It is enough.